Success to me is uh, the willingness to do the self-work to figure out what it is that you want and what brings you joy. The courage to figure out what brings you joy and the audacity to pursue it. conversations with artists from around the globe about the work behind their work. My name is Ruby Josephine Smith, and not only am I the host of this podcast, but I am a choreographer and contemporary dancer based in Tangier, Morocco. Being fascinated by unique perspectives, my goal is to bring you an in-depth look at each artist's individual creative process, learning more about what it is that drives a person to create. This week, instead of going to my guest and wherever they are, I was lucky enough to have my guest come to me. Self-named Vibohem is a singer, dancer, performance artist, yoga extraordinaire, and just a general radiant human being. Uh, she has been traveling and living as a bit of an artist nomad recently. She has been singing at a couple spaces in Casablanca, and I invited her to come hang out with me in Tangier for a weekend. I had heard about her through a mutual friend in Minneapolis, where she also lived for a while, and had such a blast getting to know her vibrant personality as we wandered around the city. This was really just one of the many fascinating and in-depth conversations that we had together. Just to introduce her a little bit more to you, Vibohem is a Motown native, as she says, blossomed in Pittsburgh and refined in Minneapolis. She is a multifaceted artist, a dancer, singer, and choreographer. She brings athletic agility to her vocal performance through both song and dance, and her sound is a fusion of soul, funk, jazz, R&B, and pop. In 2018, she released a solo album titled Swoon. She is a formal vocal artist, choreographer, and co-creative director for Stokely Williams, and is also a former dance artist with Camille A. Brown and Dancers, Two Dance in Minneapolis, and also a founding member of the August Wilson Dance Center Ensemble. She has choreographed and performed with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, the Guthrie Theater, and the Children's Theater in Minneapolis. V was trained at Park Point University's Conservatory of Performing Arts and the Ailey School. While we had this conversation after a long day of sightseeing and walking, V was still bursting with energy that you can hear clearly in her voice in this talk. We talked about everything from how she has explored heritage and history in her music and performance art, and the general evolution of her career, to some of the issues with the dance world and why she has struck out on her own in order to try to connect on a deeper level with the energy of an audience. I got so into this conversation that I completely forgot to ask the usual daily ritual and surprising interest questions that I do at the end. But we cover such a wide range of topics and she offers such amazing advice for anyone who needs an artistic confidence boost or just a little push to get themselves out there that I don't think you'll find anything missing in this. So let's just get into it all. Here's my conversation with Vivoa.
Welcome to the Process Peace Podcast. Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here, V. I we just met, what was that, like five hours ago, maybe? <laughs> Something like that. But yes. I feel like I've known you a really long time. I know, right? It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been researching your work a little bit to oh, find out more about you. Oh, but we'll get into everything and I want to hear it all in, in your own words. Okay. So I always start these kind of in the same place. So I like to go back all the way to your childhood and ask. What is your first memory of creating something? My first memory of creating something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can... The most memorable thing yeah, I remember creating as a kid <laughs> was um, my mom bought me this uh, little paint set where I could paint these little clay pots. Oh, cute. And yeah. I made one with stars on it. Oh. And um, I... I that one that I made I made a lot of them but the one with the, that I made with the stars really was impactful to me because mm. I I have a fascination with outer space and it wasn't something that I really talked about as a kid or like asked my was like I wasn't really fascinated with science to that point but mm. there was something about the vastness of the dark sky and the stars in the sky that I was always so fascinated by mm. I love astrology Um, And I have other funny stories about my fascination, but I remember creating that and that, that, I mean, I saved it for a long time until I broke it actually during a move. (laughs) But I kept it from, I must've been in like the fourth grade when she gave me that. Wow. That's beautiful. And that's so cool too, because I feel like your, your presence on an artist is very star-like you <laughs> if I can say that not that I haven't seen you live but even just from videos and just from you talking about your work oh, wow. there's a there's a parallel there already I think Aww. thank <laughs> you you're welcome well what was the in general was there what was the artistic presence in your upbringing well um I grew up in uh I was born in Detroit Michigan raised mm-hmm. in Southfield Michigan and so going to church we always went to a church that was in the city of Detroit mm-hmm. So um, I was always hearing music, watching musicians. Um, when I was born, uh, my legs were turned in at the hip really mm. bad. So I had to wear these leg braces to straighten my legs out. Oh, wow. So my mom, who's a nurse, was mm-hmm. like very, always insightful, always planning ahead and was like, I need to put her into movement classes, you know, so yeah. that her muscles will kind of set with the bones as they Smart. take new, new, yeah, new positions so she put me in dance classes when I was very young you know ballet tap and jazz so Mm -hmm. but yeah my dad played the piano organ so I would hear my dad practicing his uh you know scales and things Mm -hmm. my mom sang my sister sang I would hear them singing so music gospel music has always like really just had a strong presence in my life amazing yeah that's great who are some early influences artistically early influences I would say it's always been a stronger music influence than anything else. Like okay. I never was taken to see dance shows and things like okay. that as a kid, other than like my recitals. Right. Um, so I didn't even realize you could be a professional dancer in some ways for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I say musically, Karen Clark Sheard. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very well-known gospel singer. Um, I grew up with C.C. Winans, the Winans brothers, right. like the whole Winans family, all mm-hmm. of their music. Like lots and lots of gospel. Like we weren't even yeah. allowed to listen to. We weren't allowed to listen to worldly music. Oh really? Yes. Wow. So worldly a, music, right? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> said with quotation marks. <laughs> so we weren't allowed to. We weren't exposed to a lot of music, different styles of music. 
soul or funk or mm-hmm. things like that. Like we weren't exposed to oh, that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but I did have a radio, so mm-hmm. I would like be in my room and I would like just turn on the radio and keep it real low, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and listen to Aaliyah. I remember like she's from Detroit. Yeah. So whenever amazing. you know, I would hear Aaliyah on the radio and just like try to, you know, sing Destiny's yes. Child, like, you know, Destiny's Child was a huge one that yep. I tried to deny for a long time they had that big of an impact until <laughs> one day I was Why YouTube. deny it? Yeah. I mean but one day on YouTube, I came across the Destiny's Child song, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember this song. And then, yeah. like, the next song in the playlist played, and I was like, I know all the words. And then, like, five songs in, I'm singing every single word. I was like, I had no idea they had such an impact on me. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, yeah, that was good. So, oh, I love that. Well, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Know, R&B. That's um, great. Pop stuff. Nice. Yeah. Well, you... I don't know. I feel like, from what I've seen of your work, you have this really unique voice, Mm. Um, and I mean that both physically and also just as an artistic voice, mm. but you also have this sense of bringing history with you and mm. bringing your influences with you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious just about how that developed for you. How do you feel like you've gone about developing your artistic voice while bringing those past influences in? If that's um, accurate. That is, that is <laughs> literally, that's like a thousand percent accurate, Good. honestly. Um, I would say that like, man, there's a couple, there's a couple, uh, components to that so Mm -hmm. um I would say that I discovered my voice Mm -hmm. um and discovered the need to pursue my own voice from my fascination with my history Mm -hmm. yeah so that's like one layer of it and there's some of the some of the shows I've created have been kind of me going through that process but um when I was living in Pittsburgh, there's this amazing, amazing improvisational-based dance company mm-hmm. called The Pillow Project. Okay. And they had this monthly event called Second Saturdays, which was basically a 60s style happening. They have a live chalk artist. They have dancers and poets. And, and cool. Anyway, they had seen me performing in town and open mics and stuff like that. And they asked me to, do, they asked me to host Funk and Soul. Wow. Funk and Soul Night. And I was like, okay. But I had no history. I had no background. Yeah. No knowledge and no context. Yeah. Of like, <laughs> so then I started going down this little rabbit hole. Yeah. And um, the guy I was dating at the time was a DJ. Amazing DJ. Nice. I mean, like his, he introduced me to so much amazing music that was, will forever stay with me. Yeah. Um, and so he, he would just give me a couple people to like, you know, have you heard of this person? Have you heard of that mm. person? And send me kind of down this rabbit hole. And I discovered just so much music and so much music created by black women specifically. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that, that funk and soul rabbit hole led me to Betty Davis, that led, who was Miles Davis. I mean, she was a right. musician in her own right, but she was Miles Davis' last wife that inspired the record Bitches Brew, which <laughs> was one of his like, a big turning point for him so you know she's this woman who kind of like changed music mm, yeah. by creating her own music but also impacting this other there's musician there's so many stories of that yo so many women I like, tell you like history it's really I incredible I tell you yeah. we be changing things yeah secretly <laughs> sometimes behind the scenes right but I mean literally yeah, yeah. but I I went down this rabbit hole mm. I you know got some of the primary people that I eventually came to um, uh, become magnetized to was Josephine Baker, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, Dinah Washington, Nina Simone, yes. Sarah Vaughn. Um, but what was really frustrating for me mm-hmm. was that these women, each of them, they changed everything. 
Yeah. They change the way we listen to music. They change the way we make music. They change the way we perform it. They change the way we experience it. Yeah. And I never learned about any of them. Wow. In school. I never learned about Nina Simone in school. Yeah. I never learned about Josephine Baker, who was one of the first people famous all over the planet on every continent. Yeah. I never heard her name. That's crazy. She changed the way yeah. we do, you know. So that made me angry. It's a big gap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it made me angry that I never learned about any of these women. Yeah. And um, so that sent me on a quest to really educate uh, my community, um, black, the black American community, but at large, the American community. Mm. You know, like there, there's tears to that, right? Yeah, like this absolutely. insistence upon educating my own community, but also recognizing that these women contributed their creativity to the fabric of American culture yeah. as a whole. Like, it's African-American history, it's American history. It is American history, exactly. So, I would, yeah, the, there's... And by me going down that rabbit hole, mm. eventually I, I came to realize I was at a certain point emulating, mm. you know? Yeah. And I found that gap of, like, my own personal voice. Yeah. Know? So, there's... That's been inspiring me to... I make my own music. I'm creative in a lot of different ways, but in yeah. terms of like deeper songwriting and creating a, a bigger script for some of the theater type work that I've been making and mm -hmm. creating my own voice in that way is something I've been on another journey mm. to do. Oh, that's interesting. So you see those as separate? Um, they're similar, but um, the, 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 I'm a yoga instructor. I'm a dancer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a... I, and the, the theater-based work, mm -hmm. or it's, it's, it's like a fusion of performance, performance art. art. Yeah, like yeah. It's like dance, theater, performance art. Yeah. And so a lot of that work structurally has been mostly music-based. Right. Um, there hasn't been a lot of monologue work. There have been some poems, mm -hmm. but in terms of like a thicker, like narrative-based script, okay. um, there hasn't been one. Yeah. And as I'm being creative and getting into that world, like, yeah, there's just more that I want to figure out how I can say between the lines and some, in some mm. ways more directly. Like, there's just more I want to say that, the, that there's a lot of gaps. With, there's only so much you can say in a song. Yeah. You know, before it gets too long. Right. Or before <laughs> people lose interest. You, sometimes you just want to say the syntax. You just want to say that, you know, just right, say Right, exactly. So. so do you feel like you need those different mediums in order to be able to fill different gaps, in a sense? Um... Or is it more about no. the work process itself? Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like some of the work I've created. So I have a show, two woman shows that are structured mostly around music. One is Viva Black Volume One, mm -hmm. um, and the other one is uh, Center Play. Is actually the one I've been focusing more on, okay. on uh, making more dense. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of the ones I've already created, they function and they work well and they serve their purpose mm -hmm. with music, kind of. Um, pacing and taking you from one world to the next. Okay. You know, with the, the singing and, and that's, uh, that is enough in and of itself. Yeah. So I think creatively and process-wise, I'm looking to be able to articulate a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm letting that drive me. Yeah. I love that. I'm just curious with all that you do because you do, <laughs> as you just said, you do all of these different things in one package. And I'm just curious, did you... When you were younger, do you have a sense that you could do all of that? Like, is that what you envisioned for yourself? Or I mean, if I'm totally honest, I would say that as a kid, I didn't have the strongest sense of self, mm. to be totally honest. Does anyone, though? 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think as a kid I really mm. knew I could do a bunch of things or that mm. I wanted to. Okay. I don't think I, I was like, Mom, I want to be a veterinarian. <laughs> That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. I love animals. I want to be a veterinarian. Love it. And she was like, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was like, Mom, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be an interior designer. And she was like, Okay. All right. These are all so specific. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't draw. Yeah. And I, that's when I lost interest in that. I was like, well, I can't draw. So yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? <cross> off. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, you know, those are things like I remember as a mm-hmm. kid, but I don't remember being like, I have to do this thing. Right. But I will say that it was obvious to some of the other people around me, my mm-hmm. family, you know dancing made me feel free you know it made me feel i was good at it and i not even so much that i was good at it as much as how i felt when i was on stage and i got to express energy out of my body yeah and express emotions and express feelings like that was a very rewarding experience for me personally yeah but i didn't there was no point for me where i was like i have to do this Hmm. I have to do for a living. I have to. This is my job. Like right. I didn't have that moment. There wasn't my. I knew what what the experience I had. I enjoyed it and I appreciated mm-hmm. it. And then I, my senior year of, of high school, um, an alumni came and was like, um, you know, talking to some of the dancers. And he was like, "Where are you going to school?" <laughs> I was like, "This right. is my um, friend of mine, uh, Craig Miller." Yeah. And I was like, um, "I don't know, like." Oh, he's like, what are you going to major in? I was like, I don't dance, I guess. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even sure you could major in dance. Like, right. I was just like, uh, I guess. That's interesting. And he was like, this school, you should audition here. I go to that school. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, you know. Wow. I mean, I, I it took me time mm. before I became like on fire and sure of myself about what I was going to do. Mm. Where do you think that came from eventually? Um, it came and actually when it happened it happened really fast too yeah so the first school that I went to um, was a a small commuter school in Michigan that had a dance Mm -hmm. program and I mean I got on the internet I had my laptop and I'm like looking at you know pictures of dancers like I I was just on (laughs) a rabbit hole on the internet kind of like and I discovered (laughs) these pictures of the the Ailey dancers and I was like I was like wait what and it was yeah. like, you know, every season they put had out new pictures. Of... I had heard of the okay. Ailey okay. Company, yeah. <laughs> and I had seen some video footage of Revelations. Yeah. But that, even as a as a young artist, that's like, it's a history piece. You know, yeah. you know, I didn't have any context of the kind of work other than that that they were really doing. Right, contemporary. Yeah. Work, yeah. <laughs> so that was my my vision was just. Cinnamon, you know, yeah, like this exactly. classic work, you know. Yeah. So I saw these pictures of him in these like crazy jumps, and mm-hmm. the muscles are like ripped, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, these are the same dancers." I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah." And so I said, I, th- I went to class the next day, and you know, the the school that I was at, none of the dancers looked like the dancers in the pictures, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I guess that means that that isn't that." kind of concept isn't gonna happen here because mm. that's not the way and the style in which they're training the artists here yeah and so i was like i guess i gotta go somewhere because <laughs> I, I i didn't know black people could look like that mm-hmm. i didn't know black dancers could okay this is the I, I, it just blew my mind yeah wow so it was from that point i was like oh i gotta go somewhere else yeah so my freshman year of college thanksgiving i called my dad i was like hey dad 
um, can you uh, give me a ride to the bus stop? <laughs> he was like, I'm sorry, what? What? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I'm taking the mega bus. Have you, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I've taken that. <laughs> and I was like, he was like, what? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> what are you going to Chicago for? Oh, I'm going to go see my guy sister who's going to, mm-hmm. um, going to school in Chicago. I was like, and I'm, I'm looking for a new school, too. This is my freshman year. Wow. This is the first semester. Damn. Thanksgiving. I've been there all of two months. You knew. Two and a half months, yeah. 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 And so they were just like, that was the beginning of them kind of having this like <laughs> grasping experience yeah. of like, where are you Where are you going? What are you doing? You know, like trying to keep up. Yeah, going too fast for them. Yeah, and I never slowed down from there. Wow. I, I Once I understood the... Mm the greatness that was possible. Yeah. I was inspired and I was like, all right, I'm this is this is what I want to be doing. That's amazing. Th- that's that's how I want to be nurturing myself. Yeah. That is so amazing. I Once don't you think know, they'll say the know. same. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, what? Really? <laughs> I mean they were just like, what do you mean? They, yeah. My dad dropped me off at the bus stop, came back, I auditioned for the Ailey Summer Intensive. They had an audition in yeah. Detroit. I got in. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, um, I'm going to I, I'm going to New York. Can you take me to the airport um, in a few, uh, in two months? What? What do you oh mean? God. Where are you going? I had never been on an airplane. Wow. And I'm telling them that I need them to take me to the airport so I can go to New York. Oh my god. They're like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do this program. You know, I I did a fundraiser and raised money to help me go. I got it. You know, it was just like yeah. They were always just at that point, constantly yeah. trying to out of the blue. I mean, you with your work have gone through so many evolutions. I mean, you had that evolution, that kind of like, we can call it the big bang moment of when yes. that started. But then even since then, you've, you've done dance companies, you've studied, and then now you're doing kind of more freelance work, more music work. And I saw, I actually watched your TED talk. Yeah. Where you, yeah, TEDx talk. Um, yes, where TEDx you, talk. I was, I liked what you said about evolution and change mm-hmm. in, um, in a career and how to navigate that. and. I'm curious about, first of all, just kind of like the transition between company life and how you chose to go freelance after that, because that's a big, it is. that's a big shift because it's kind of becoming, becoming a true artist within yourself. Yeah. And so I'm curious about that process for you. I mean, I think for me, I have always kind of been a kind of person where like you cannot avoid being frustrated and you can't avoid pain can't mm-hmm. avoid those things yeah. and it always seems to be worse and hurt worse and the hurt seems to or it always seems to be worse when you wait mm-hmm. and you procrastinate yeah. and you mm-hmm. the, the ripping of the band-aid is always uh more intense than if you just kind of like accept and just go through the growing pains pace mm-hmm. just go through it yeah you know it saves you time and the trauma the emotional trauma is not it's, it's just paced that it's actually not necessarily not as bad it's just kind of <laughs> sure. like you know it's just over a span of time yeah a little bit and you're facing it instead of oppressing it yeah, yeah. I, I was just say it's more traumatic when you wait right you know yeah so for me i would say like there the challenge there's a lot of things that are very strange about being a dancer yes um about your tool being your whole entire body and not yeah. something that you can look away from not something you can put down mm-hmm. um and so we i we we weave our identity together with our bodies in a way that i don't feel all artists do yeah um we it's look, our medium yeah I mean, it's so yeah but we <laughs> scrutinize and we look at our bodies exactly for hours a day 
You know, it's mm. very strange. I don't think there are very many other maybe hairdressers, but even yeah. what they're seeing of themselves is only a portion. Head to toe is a lot. Right. And it's a lot every day. Yeah. And so, it's self-reflective too. It's yeah. not someone else's body. I mean, it can be right, someone right, else's right. body, but it's, yeah. The, the body dysmorphia yeah. is real, you mm, know? Yeah. But I think that I... I just got to a point where I realized I was not happy going to work every day. Hmm. Like I was just like, <laughs> this is hard. It's yeah. hard going to a job you don't want to do. Yeah. It's hard going to a job you don't enjoy. Yeah. And not only was at a certain point with the experience of full-time company work, it's not mm-hmm. that I don't like dance. Yeah, but yeah. the experience of being a dancer every single day was not joyful for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have, a, it's like, well, what else am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and I think the hardest part for me was figuring out what to do with my energy. Yeah. When you dance for six or seven hours a day, five to six days a week, that's a lot of physical energy you're exerting. Exactly. You know? So I think that I was more... I was afraid of like what 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 am I Where gonna do? Go? What am I gonna do with yeah. all the energy if I'm not moving so much? Yeah. And so I a friend of mine I think I, had, I mean I had been practicing yoga at that point, okay. but someone introduced me to core power yoga, mm-hmm. which is a very intense practice in it a is, heated yeah. studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and the community that I found there was, I mean the people were so knowledgeable about the the facility, the mm-hmm. body. Um, especially the the type of instructors that were there, the people that were there when I got into it were mm-hmm. very exceptionally not, they, they had an exceptional exceptional amount of knowledge about the body, but also um, have been practicing yoga in other places and other places in the world mm-hmm. and had other sequencing to bring back postures to bring back beyond the um, the class that core power gives you yeah um, when you uh, begin teaching right. Um, yeah, that's important. And so I was being challenged in so many ways physically. I was sweating so much and exerting so much energy. Mm-hmm. And that feels good. That experience of exerting energy from my body is a prayer. It is a meditation for me yeah. in a way that is, uh, I, I can't even explain it. Yeah. But everything is so right in the world and I feel so centered and so balanced when I get to exert. It's, it's a big sacrifice mm. and it brings me joy to do it. You yeah. know? So when I found that community, it allowed me to exhale that I could let this go. Because it really mm. wasn't so much about the, the industry of like being on the scene sure, and yeah. being in the know and being fierce. It was more <laughs> me like, what am I going to do with myself and my, my way of expressing yeah. So, yeah, to keep that centeredness and that yeah. movement practice. I mean, that's important. And, and at the end of the day, what I learned about my body and how mm-hmm. to use my body yeah. from yoga, if I had danced 10 more years, I never would have learned those things because there's something else about learning the body yeah. from the joints and things. Yeah. That, it was the same thing in dance, but there was something about it's, doing it mm-hmm. in a yoga practice that really was like, Oh, that's what, the, okay. Yeah, it's you know. so different. I think yeah. yoga is such an important parallel for dancers or mm-hmm. something like it, because mm-hmm. I, I found that too. Yeah. I, I was also yeah trained as a yoga teacher and it blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> Once yeah. The changes and the parallels that I saw in my dance practice afterwards, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So then was music always there even while you were in companies or did it kind of 
lay low and yeah, then come so, back in? So when work? I graduated, well, I always sang in church. Always. Okay. Always. I yeah. was always in the choir, always in the praise team, always singing with my Great. family yeah. in, in church. Um, and then I stopped during college. And mm-hmm. then when I, um, when I graduated from uh, college, a friend of mine who, um, one of my best friends, her sister also graduated from the dance program. Mm-hmm. She came to town for the graduation and she was like, y'all need to come hang out with me. I was like, okay, where are we going? She was like, we're going to an open mic. I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so we went to the very first open mic I ever went to. Wow. And it was at this place called the Shadow Lounge mm-hmm. in, um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's since folded and, and closed down, oh. but it was the most warm, open space. I mean, I felt so free in that room. People were some of the best of the best, some people who weren't so great, all in the same place, just <laughs> yeah. expressing themselves. Like that day, I took my shoes off, I danced around the room, and people were oh, like, that's oh, amazing. Go ahead, girl. You know, like it, it was just yeah. free and open and, and accepting yeah, without even trying, that's you know? Exactly. And so I came back the next week and I brought a poem I wrote, and I was just saying, I had a little phrase in there that I mm-hmm. I was going to sing and I got up and I read and then I sang and then I finished and I looked up and everybody was like <laughs> everybody just was like what just happened and I was like I didn't know my voice um could be so impactful I hadn't sung in about four years wow really. yeah since college I just kind of stopped yeah but I didn't it wasn't at that moment that I was like oh, okay I can you know, my voice I has healing something. properties here, you know, like the yeah. sonic experience or, you know, people are ha- having an experience when they hear my voice. So, yeah. so has it always been kind of a, for you as music, a connection point? Is it about the performance? Um, okay, so performance is one thing. Music has always been with me. I say that mm-hmm. movement, people say, hey, which one is more important, singing or dancing? Which one do you like more? It's, 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 that's a general it's, it's, yeah it's totally simplified equal. question yeah because you, you you've had both since you were in the womb yeah your heartbeat was your first music mm-hmm. and you were swimming you were move, you're dancing in the womb you're moving around it's the same thing yeah. we do in our modern classes ah you know spirals and swirls and circles it's, just, yeah. it's all the same mm-hmm. so you've, you've been moving and hearing perceiving sound since inception so to, that's why to me there is no i can't do one without the other Mm-hmm. Um, but performance is it about performance performance to me to me it's about engaging and connecting yeah. with the energy in the space because every single person in a room has a life force energy mm-hmm. there's period anytime there's more than one person in the room it's not just me anymore there's more energy here that can be engaged with connected with that yeah. can be used to impact the experience and uh, so that's what it is for me. Mm. For me, it's about engaging. It's not about getting attention or receiving a certain uh, taking away, but yeah. it's about using and how you perceive that use of the energy. It's yeah. different for everyone, but it's about using the energy in the space. Being uh, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm orchestrating mm. the energy in the room. Feel like the conductor of that yes, energy. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And the same thing when I'm working with a band. You mm-hmm. know. So that's, and that's been interesting as I've been traveling and, you know, there are so many sacrifices that, that you have to make to, uh, interact in different parts of the world and to have different experiences, but it's a different exchange. It's a whole new energy that may not be recognizable to you. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 But generally I, I, exactly. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to orchestrate and move the energy in the space and give it back to the people and and take it back and, and, 
it's a whole process. Well, I just, I love that because this whole thing that I'm doing here is all about conversations. Mm -hmm. And I, what I heard when you were saying that is it's really, a, it's a conversation, but with energy. Yes. And I, I, yeah. I can mm -hmm. picture that, you know, mm. I think it's a really beautiful image. Yeah. A conversation with energy. Mm. But I've had different experiences where, and especially now, that, now the challenge with that as a dancer though. Yeah. Is that some, some of the choreographers I've worked with do not they don't um, recognize that form of communication with energy in the same way that I do. Mm. So they don't, uh, I've had people just not like that. Don't interact, don't take that energy. Don't mm. be affected by that energy in the space. Huh, okay. I've had those experiences with choreographers yeah. that want some want us to create, cre we're gonna create a world and we're gonna share it. Mm, yeah, okay, you know? I've heard, yeah. So like that's an idea. Um, there are other, you know, and then another thing just culturally, like, right, when I'm, when I'm in the States, when I'm on the East Coast, mm -hmm. when I'm in Detroit, when I'm in New York, and somebody is um, working and using their body to, you know, they're pushing their own boundaries and limits, we catcall, we yell out, we <laughs> yeah. give, and we shoot energy out into the space yeah. for them to use and to be inspired. Like, there's yeah. so many ways that, and sometimes that's not necessary. Sometimes it's overdone. Sometimes it's not right. useful. You right. know, like... But the more, I love talking about this right now because mm. we all have our uh, understanding and agreements we made within ourselves on of the value mm -hmm. of the energy in a space and what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. And I've learned in, in time that that's, that's also, it's this, this an agreement you make when you join a dance company. Mm -hmm. What kind of relationship is, does this company agree to have with the audience or not have? Mm. Some people don't want to acknowledge the audience at all. Yeah. Some people want to immerse themselves. Yeah. You know, I've worked with uh, another dance company in Minneapolis. Uh, Olive and Otto. Why can't I remember the name of your dance company, but oh, I know your names. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, uh, is it body cartography? Body cartography. Yes. Okay. I'm like, yes. Olive and Otto. The two of them, you know, they were some of the most amazing people to collaborate with because mm -hmm. they really um, just saw and accepted me for what I brought to the space yeah. in a way that I've heard amazing things was about really, them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because we are so different. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it was, uh, I appreciated them just like yeah. seeing me and, and, and accepting me. I don't, I don't know yeah. how to, you know, how to describe it. So like when I think of their company, I just think of Olive and Otto, <laughs> you know, yeah. of them. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I digress though. Oh, what, what were we just, why did I bring them up? Just talking about the energy of a space and whether you acknowledge oh, yeah. it or not. And, well, when yeah. I did uh, one of the collaborations I did with them, I mean, we were all out in Minneapolis in the street doing personal dances with people. Mm. I love Taking that. Taking people along and doing a da and, and, and dancing for them. Wow. And with, out in the space. Yeah. You know, that's a different kind of understanding of, of voyeurism and yeah, of observation and you know, every, that, so that's been one of the interesting yeah. things is that that's what I can say. One of the things I've learned along my career is that every creative collaboration that you come in contact with, especially dance related, that is like a part of the agreement you make. It's like, what mm. kind of relationship do we have with the energy we share with the audience? Yeah. Do we penetrate it? Do we um, do we leave it where it is? Do we do we um, welcome them in or just let them observe? Yeah. Like all of that has been interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And it's it's nice that you know that relationship for yourself, mm -hmm. too. So you know how to bring yourself into a collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious because I'm 
I'm just curious in general how place has affected your work since mm-hmm. you have been traveling mm-hmm. and working abroad more lately, how that's affected you and also how you've found people to work with mm. where you go. Um, I would say that some of the, the di- I mean, I think that's a different question because it's a different que- question it across is. industries. Going, yeah. Um, I think the dance work the dance community is pretty small. Like some mm-hmm. of the collaborations are with people that I've actually known for so long, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Um, that I've always wanted to work with. Like Malik Washington and I, mm-hmm. you know, I've known Malik for years and we finally got an opportunity to collaborate on a show, or not on a show, but on a piece that we did at the yeah. Walker for Choreographers Evening. Oh, nice. With, you know, working with Camille Brown. I was living in Minnesota, but mm-hmm. some, you know, like the, I had worked with Camille, um, I mean, I want to say, four or five years before I danced with her company and another yeah. company I was with. So, like, that kind of came back around. Yeah. Um, and she's the one who recommended me for the job with Two Dance. Like, you know. Oh, the, okay, yeah. Like, it's all connected. Yeah, exactly. it's all connected. Yeah. Now, music, on the other hand, which has taken me kind of, like, overseas more, mm-hmm. I mean, the music industry is definitely a very much a recommendation-based kind of mm-hmm. w- work. And when I was younger, when I first started working I, I resented the re- yeah. recommendations you know I, I yeah. resented it because like you have to be in yeah. with the in crowd yeah <laughs> but the, you know the more experience you get the older you get yeah. the more work you do you realize that the recommendation is actually the most valuable thing mm-hmm. because that you the you know your reputation is built off of the work you've done with other people yeah and their their word of saying I've worked with this person I've seen their work ethic yeah. I've seen the quality of the work they make you can trust me that you can trust them yeah so, like, there is a level of nepotism that happens across all industries. Of but, course, but everywhere. At, yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that who you know mm-hmm. is this network of, of value. Yeah. Of, uh, not just value, but, I don't know, it, it, that sounds uh, quali- quantitative, uh, but no, it, to but me it, it feels be... more familial. Yeah, of like, you yeah, know, exactly. Uh, like, um, my homegirl, Jen Jade, is a vocalist, like, mm-hmm. Maya Garcia is a choreographer I worked with on West Side Story mm-hmm. um, last year at the Guthrie. I was one of the dance captains for their show, which was like, <laughs> it was an unbelievable experience. Yeah. The cast was huge. Oh, that's incredible. But um, Maya choreographed that show, mm-hmm. and I was like, Maya, I'm going to Paris. Mm-hmm. Who should I know? Is it Who should I reach out to? She was like, oh. I'm gonna connect you with Jen Jade. You need to know Jen Jade. Jen Jade, this is Vibo M. You should know Vibo M. She's tribe. <laughs> you know, like that's. Yeah. And I was like, tribe, okay. All right. But, but you know, when Jay, when Maya said that to, to Jen, Jen goes, oh, okay. Right. You know, she has a sense of understanding for quality wise what that means in terms of the type of people that they interact yeah. with and the kind of work that they do. Yeah. So I have an appreciation for that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. How I have found people to work with. Yeah, it's been yeah. a lot of that. Like, yeah. Uh, Music is a little bit different too, though. I mean, I haven't been as creative as I want to be in some mm. other. I mean, like when you're gigging as a musician, you're 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 gigging and you're learning music. I haven't been as creative as I want to be, yeah. innovative wise, you know. But, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. On the other side of that, so we talked about collaborating. Um, I wanted to talk about your personal work as well. So the solo shows you've done, and then also the solo album that you've released. I wanted to just ask about your process mm-hmm. with um, creating your own work. Mm-hmm. So does it often start with a theme that you want to talk about or a message you want to convey or does it start from more of a technical point? Um, I would say it starts from something nagging at me. 
that mm. I can't stop thinking about or talking about. Something that irritates me. That's what I say. <laughs> what bothers you is your charge. Mm, yeah. If something bothers you, you need to do something about that. You yeah. need to make something with that. Yeah. And so um, the shows that I've made, it bothered me mm-hmm. that people didn't know some of these women. So I made a show to with video footage so you can see their faces, so you can mm. see them and hear their voices singing live because where else are you going to see that footage you know i made a show to to express that yeah um uh viva black so viva black volume one i'm sorry viva black a live theater documentary has all of the historic video footage um viva black volume one is another um show that kind of like starts as a small tiny dark seed and it expands outward Hmm. and that small tiny dark seed is really just um it's just very internal reflective. The lighting is very dark. Mm. Um, I'm, you know, singing, you know, Solitude by Billie Holiday. This mm. kind of like personal seed journey moment uh, that um, slowly the... How can I describe? Jeez, I haven't talked about it in so long. <laughs> That's all right. It's just kind of a personal breakdown that, mm. that through the music, right, that turns into this reflective moment. And I have these, you know, two clips of my favorite clips from Nina Simone and um, uh, Eartha Kitt mm. um, just talking about, you know, Nina Simone talking about why people insist, why does she insist on talking about blackness? Right. Why? Why? You know, because I have to insist that, you know, without people, without the heritage, without the history, we cannot stand where we are. We can't stand tall. Um, and so it's through these reflective moments that eventually the end of the show ends with me, you know, speaking my own spoke, spoken word poetry and mm-hmm. about my own reflection yeah. that I now recognize, yes, through their experience. But I chose to create this show in this way um, because I feel like the nuance of, of, of experience that black women have is never given any um, credit. And, and, not, and, and it's not credit from anyone else as much as black women to ourselves. Right. I mean, the, the people who, are, who stand to identify the most with it and, uh, and process it the most are black women because yeah. I'm black and it's our perspective. Yeah, of course. Um, everyone is certainly welcome to observe it and to partake in it, and, and you know, but who stands to process it the most would be black women. Yeah. And that s- felt like an experience that needed to happen, mm, you know, yeah. that there needed to be uh, moments of dense text from um Blues Legacies and Black Feminism by Angela Davis. Mm. I read through that text throughout the show. Mm. It's woven in between all of the music, and you know, I just wanted to to highlight yeah. um, my music functions as like a. I, I want to be the, the the voice in your head. Yeah, I, I want to write healthy perspectives and alternative concepts for you to consider. So that's that's where I'm writing from. I have a song called "You," which is one of my favorite songs I've written. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's it's all it's all about an experience. Maybe not a person. We always think about people, but an experience sure. where someone you know you you walked away from me, but you came back when you saw others valued me. Mm. We've all had an experience yeah. like that, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and the song, but the song ends in a place of irony, hmm. and it says, "Well, maybe you maybe you never came back. Maybe it was just a thought that you had." <laughs> or maybe it was just deja vu and I'm just thinking too much, you know? <laughs> yeah. But just to have like, yeah, you want to feel real justified about how you feel about the situation, but maybe right. you should just relax. Yeah, you, know, you don't like, always get that closure. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. like maybe you'll never know. Yeah. And that's okay to have, that's a, beautiful, have a thought process of, okay, well. Yeah. So I want to give people 
I'm always striving to give people something they can use to nurture and maintain their well-being. Mm. Um, I think in terms is, is yeah, that's that's what drives me to what bothers me and a capacity to create things to give people something they can use to nurture mm-hmm. and maintain their well-being. Those two things. That's beautiful, and I I love that as a process too because it's turning that nagging or even sometimes that like anger into something healing, mm-hmm. and that's. That's I think what it was it's a, about. It's a long-winded response. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Those are the, the two. Yeah, I'm, I'm just summing it up. In a, in yes. A, a <laughs> Something you said in your TED Talk, I ended up writing down, which is, if you ask for what you want out of life, what is the best case scenario? You'll get it. And I think you're, you know, you're a good emulation of that. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the worst case scenario is nothing will happen and you will literally be in the same position you were in. Yeah. You know, best case scenario, yeah, everything you, I mean, I, I like those odds. Yeah, right. <laughs> how, I, mean, <laughs> I like those odds. So, you exactly. know, I'm always just like, I'm going to go for it, you know. Yeah. Um, I would say that. That is also not something that women or girls are, are uh, there's a lot we don't say and that we don't ask for a lot of times. Yeah. I've, I've just like decided that I value the potential of that side of things more mm. yeah. than not. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> who's going to give you what you want if you don't ask for it? I mean, I think as artists... We, I don't know, as a general thing, we have a tendency to undersell ourselves and not always ask directly for We're afraid what of we no. deserve. Yeah. And yeah. we should, but we should say no more. Right. That's a, like a, a theme I keep seeing across my social media with some mm. of the articles about different women, actresses and things like that. They're like, say no more. Yeah. But we are like, you know, afraid of um, people not liking us or like people mm-hmm. thinking we're mean like you know right that we'll stand by a little more idle just to be agreeable and right. not perceived a certain way then you know i mean we were just talking about this yeah exact, oh yeah we've been talking about situation this you know exactly um but yeah it comes in waves though i think yeah. that's another thing that you know I absolutely just like every person. I get depressed. I get sad. Mm-hmm. I sometimes my confidence is not as strong as as I want it to be or need it to be. Yeah. Like just like everyone else. Yeah. But I always keep trying to remind myself to stand up. That's another thing I can share is that like your life is asking you to stand up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to stand <laughs> That's up. That's a good one. <laughs> you literally you all you got to do is stand up in yeah. your power and your glory and your authority. Stand up. Yeah. Like. That's it. Can end it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. You got to stand up. No, that's great. Um, I'm curious, how do you define success Mm -hmm. as an artist? Success to me is uh, the willingness to do the self-work to figure out what it is that you want and what brings you joy. The courage to figure out Mm -hmm. what brings you joy and... The audacity to pursue it hmm. because anything else is gets complicated you know yeah. <laughs> um because by everyone else's standards everybody's standards are different by other yeah. people's standards i'm exceptionally successful right you know but by my own standards 
I, I, for me, that's the healthiest way to look at it. Because yeah. if I define it by anything outside of, which I had have done before, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm doing all these things. Right. <laughs> so where's the success? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, and also I did a, the Women's Art Institute at, mm-hmm. um, at St. Kate, Kate's. Oh, yeah. And that was actually one of the collective questions that we all had to define for ourselves. Oh, we agreed to answer that question individually. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting to write and be like, well... I, I, it was it was all of these outward. Does it mean being valuable in the dance community? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, does it mean dancing for a specific dance company? Does what does it look like for me? Right. And you know that again, all of these things help me walk away from the full. It's being honest. You got if you can't be honest with yourself, then mm-hmm. then you can't you can't have a true sense for yourself of what success is. That's true. Because yeah. otherwise you'll be pursuing things based on reasons outside of yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, for a long time I wanted to be in the Ailey Company, but I can't be in the Ailey Company if I don't like company life. Exactly. So that can't be my gauge yeah. of success, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, So for me, somebody I had, I had a situation with a mentor that asked me at one point, where's your joy? Hmm. I was singing, I was traveling, singing, mm-hmm. I was traveling and performing as a dancer, I was teaching yoga, I was performing at the Guthrie, doing all these things, Yeah. but I, was, I didn't have any joy in my heart. Mm. How does that happen? So it doesn't mean I have all the answers, but my willingness to pursue the, the to gain that sense of understanding, self-reflection. Yeah. I mean, I've, a lot of, I've met a lot of people along my journey who don't, some people don't have a capacity for self-reflection, for true self-reflection, because yeah. it's not easy. No, it's not. To do. It's a it's a hard thing to go through. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, to exactly. Be totally honest with yourself. Yeah. So, um, but I think that to find a, a true sense of balance and to be grounded in what you believe and what you think, mm-hmm. and and to evolve with it. Yeah. Because sometimes we our ideas grow and change, but then we keep doing the same thing. Right. Or we still, <laughs> you know, or we try to change our actions, but we still have the same belief system, and they don't. They're not congruent. Yeah. And only if you're if you have. A capacity an intention towards self-reflection can you recognize those mm-hmm. with the, when those things are not in alignment right and then rectify them and bring them closer together right and probably rectifying those brings more joy that's what brings it we hope <laughs> we hope yeah 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 mm-hmm. well through your evolution I'm I like to know do you have any sense of where you're evolving at this moment and mm-hmm. any sort of image of what the evolution is going to continue to look like? Or is it all wide open? Um, well, there's layers to that answer, mm-hmm. too. There's layers to everything about <laughs> Of <me>. course. <laughs> um, I would say that there, there's a part of me that's, uh, that is very mutable and not fixed, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is cool. And it's beautiful. And it's yeah. a lot of fun. But I think that some of the goals that I have... And things that I want to accomplish um, will require me to function as more of a fixed point in some ways. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, right. <laughs> as free and open as I've been in my life, I mean, <clears throat> the time that I was spending, especially the five years that I spent in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. I was pretty much a fixed point. I mean, right. I was on the road traveling at, at, at certain points, mm-hmm. but I still had a home base yeah. and was, um, you know, nurturing my business from mm-hmm. you know in in a specific way yeah so this nomadic lifestyle i've only i've only been doing this yeah, for like yeah. one year you know it's not yeah, like I, right. I have no concept of what it feels like to be a fixed point no no of um, course <laughs> but as i'm thinking about some of the bigger goals that i have for 
um, the last show that I created, Center Play, mm-hmm. was this this concept of a show where the 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 show happened in the round, mm-hmm. and a lot of the most intimate parts of the show happened in right in the center. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And um, I've had some collaborations that have like inspired me to dig deeper into that, in in mm-hmm. order to, in in. If I dig deep into deeper into it, I've now also the last time I was in New York, I saw some spaces that can breathe a bigger life for a bigger vision into mm-hmm. that idea. Like I have a bunch of shows, but this show feels like I really want to kind of take it. Yeah, something's um, growing. Yeah. yeah, and so right now the evolution feels like kind of setting up shop in a certain way to really workshop mm-hmm. um, and kind of chip away at, at the, the, this one bigger concept. Um, creatively speaking yeah um and also my yoga uh yeah the, my yoga my personal practice but also how i, I really want to share yoga yeah. <laughs> with the world um and meditations with the world to again provide people with things that they can nurture and maintain their well-being yeah. you know with and setting up shop again in a certain way um in the right place with the right community around me feels like uh, a really powerful evolution to take on at the moment but one thing i do know is that the first three years in any city you move to are always terrible (laughs) first three years you think yeah because everything because you have no idea where anything is Mm -hmm. right you have no idea what you need like you may know what you you may know what you need where you were living before but in a new city you need new things right so you don't really know what you need in this place. Yeah. All you have is your memories of what worked before. Right. And you have no idea where to get the things mm. that worked before in your new city. Sure. And so that takes time to find, like, you know, even when when I was just in New York, I wanted to do a specific fast that I do. Mm-hmm. But there are certain materials that I need that in Minneapolis, I just go to the co-op and right. I can get all of those materials at the same spot. Yeah. There's no co-op in New York. That's very good to know that that's a general thing and not just a Tangier thing no. because I had that yeah. hardcore when I came to Morocco. No. But because I moved from yeah. Michigan to Pittsburgh, yeah, first true. year in Pittsburgh, first two, it's really first two. By yeah. the time you get to the third year, you're settling in a little sure. bit. After me, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Paris, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, Paris to Morocco to New York. Like, yeah, the first bit of time you spend, you don't know what you need or where to get it. It's true. Yeah. So it's always just going to be. It's that like grounding pressures. period, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. I've done it enough times at this point now that like I know that that's the name of the game. So I'm like, sure. okay, you're ready to go through. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit more anyway. Mm-hmm. That's great. Where can everyone find your work? Everyone can find my work in a number of places. So my right. website is wwwlisten 2 v with the number two. Cool. V i e dot com. wwwlisten the number two. Vie.com. Okay. You're um, pro with this. I'm <laughs> um, getting better. Yeah. My Instagram is VBOM official. And I do show notes too, so it'll be links oh, to all great. this. Yeah. All right. And then Facebook, yeah. VBOM. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking to me and sharing all this. It's been so great. Thank you. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Thank <laughs> you for all these amazing questions. You're and reflections welcome. And like, hmm. Yeah, I love to hear that. Definitely, definitely. (laughs) Perfect. Process. Yes, that's what it's all about. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You can find links to V's music and other work and all of the dozens of things mentioned in this episode through the extensive show notes at rubyjosephine.com under the podcast tab. 
Make sure to follow her on Instagram at VivoMOfficial. Then go ahead and follow this podcast at ProcessPeace and me if you want to hang out and chat more personally at RubyJosephineSmith on Instagram. Also make sure to subscribe to my weekly newsletter for writing about art and creativity, links to cool, inspiring things on the internet, and the latest episode delivered directly to your inbox. I hope you've been loving this podcast, and if you have, I would so appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes, or even better, share this episode or your favorite conversation on social media or pass it along to your friends. Let's have more conversations about art. A huge thank you to Cooper Lee Smith for composing the music for this podcast, and make sure to check out his debut album through the show notes. Thank you so much to you for listening, and until next time. Thank you.